thank you for the birthday blessings. And what a wonderful thing it is to speak blessings over someone. I appreciate that. And actually, I got a, um, I got a kind of a reminder of I am getting a little bit older. I mean, age is always a thing of perspective, I know, but I got a reminder recently of getting a little bit older because I rewatched a movie that was kind of like one of my generation growing up movies that I love so much and realized they came out a long time ago. Uh, Forrest Gump, <laughs> right? I mean, I, was, I, forget, I don't know what age I was, but I mean, I was, you know, early teens, something like that, I guess, when it came out. I'm like, that was a long time ago, and that was like an iconic movie of my growing up years. What a, what a good movie, and that has been out for a long time. There's kids going, Forrest Gump, what is, you know. I'm, no joke, because when, we when we were in New Orleans on our forever cruise with our family, we stopped in, a, we ate at Bubba Gump Shrimp. There's the Bubba Gump Shrimp restaurant. And we had to tell the, boy, the boys, I said, what's Bubba Gump? And what is that? Like? I'm like, guys, wow, you know, you don't know about these things. And we tried to tell them. I, you know why I love that movie? It's so quotable. And there's so many good lines that, you know, up through the ages come from that one. Stupid is, stupid does. You remember all that? Box of chocolates and, you know, all the fun stuff. Now, I actually remembered uh, when I rewatched the movie, I remembered a line that I forgot, but it was one of my favorites, you know, when I was growing up with that movie. It comes kind of early, you know, the part of the movie where he had grown up with braces on his legs and he had got them off and he was running. You know, he's sitting now, he's as adult telling a story on the park bench and he says the line to the lady sitting there. He says, you know, it used to be I, I ran to get where I was going, but I didn't think it would ever take me anywhere. And I, I just, I love that line. That it, now, that's the worst Forrest Gump impression you've ever heard. I know, I'm sorry. I'm not going to even try to do it better than that. But I, I love when I says, I used to run to get where I was going, but I never thought I was going anywhere. And I, the reason that's always struck me is, just, couldn't we use that to describe a lot of people's lives? I mean, think about it for a second. There's a lot of people, you may be one of them, I mean, you are running all day long with whatever you've got to do. I mean, we are people who like to stay busy. You know, you're working 40, 50, 60, 70 hours a week or more. You're doing all kinds of things. You're coming home and deal with other things. I mean, you're going sun up to sundown and then some. You're running. But you never think about if you're going to get anywhere from it. That causes some people some problems, doesn't it? That's why we hear midlife crisis. Somebody wakes up one day and said, all this running I'm doing, what good is it? Not getting me anywhere. That's so where they give up or they, you know, do, they go buy the sports car. Whatever makes them happy to think all that running I'm doing is worth something. Now, I think a lot of people probably suffer from that, where they just run, run, and go, and go without any purpose, without any direction, without knowing why am I doing all these things. But I think it's extra important that you and I pay attention to these things because that is not something that should describe a Christian. But I'm going to tell you, it describes a lot of Christians. Because you know what? I have talked to a lot of people who say, I am burned out. I have taught that class for ages and ages, and I've just, you know, I've worked and I've done and I'm tired of it, and I've volunteered, and I, I see this. And I understand it. I get it. Because I, I know that feeling of, working so hard and going and going and sometimes not seeing the results you want to see or you know sometimes battling through physical illnesses and other things and 
this feeling like I'm running so hard but not really getting anywhere. And it can wear you out. I say I don't want Christians to feel that way, but it's reality that sometimes we do. I've been in that place. I know what what it feels like to just go, I have given as, as much as I can in this week and then some, and what was the result? And it can feel frustrating. Well, what we're going to look at this morning, I hope speaks a word of encouragement to you. Because while I know none of us are immune to that feeling, and some of you may be struggling with that within your life right now and your Christian walk or the things you have to do, the, the word gives us encouragement of how we stay committed. Of how we keep going even when it's difficult. But it's, we have to know that we can't be running without a purpose. That's our message this morning that we're going to be talking about. Running with a purpose is what we want. Now this morning, we're going to be back over in 1 Corinthians. Now let me say a quick note. I'm going to, I'm going to kind of step away from what we're talking about this morning and say a quick personal note to you. Uh, as you know, or many of you know, we have spent pretty much our entire year up to this point going through the book of 1 Corinthians. We have gone a long ways. Now I'm going to tell you that today and next Sunday will be the final parts of that. We're wrapping that series up. And uh, I hope that God has used it in some way. I, I admit this has actually been one of the biggest challenges for me from a preaching standpoint of dealing with some incredibly difficult things and try to communicate and connect in an effective way it's hard and i do appreciate many of you have been able to come and say well greg here's how the lord spoke to me through this part of the message even some of the most difficult things even on sundays where i've walked away going i that well i don't know if anybody made any sense of what i had to say god has used it in mighty ways so i'm very appreciative of that however as we come to the end i want to tell you that um I've been on a little personal journey in the, in the past few weeks of reflecting and praying over my role. Now, I am one. I don't like to change course. You know, when I'm set to something, when I'm, gonna, when I'm doing when I've made a decision, I want to do it all the way. Don't try to tell me to do it differently. I'm kind of stubborn in those ways. Maybe some of you can relate. You know, and as we've gone through the series, I, I have been committed to go through every single verse verse by verse and not not skip a thing and we haven't we have been faithful go through it however in some prayer time recently i know that the challenge of that is you being touched and affected and and connecting with the scripture when we're dealing with sometimes some very large portions of scripture so even though it's maybe against my nature and kind of difficult for me to do so we're going to change course slightly and at the as we end up the series because i know that god led us to talk about some of the things this series has led us through i'm i'm fully confident because i've seen the fruit come out many times over but in the same regard um i feel like can maybe do do these last parts slightly more effectively and i hope none of you mind um i hope nobody's upset but what we're going to do um instead of in these last couple chapters, hit every single verse. We're going to look at slightly smaller sections that kind, of, that kind of represent the larger passages. Now, am I discounting the rest of those verses of Scripture? Not in the slightest. In fact, I'll tell you, as you get to the end of 1 Corinthians, you get to some of the hardest, some of the deepest, 
uh, material there is. And I would encourage you, I really honestly do, go home, spend some time reading through those things. What's even better than that, you know what would really make me happy? I mean, just one of the biggest blessings you could give me. I mean, I would be so thrilled. Come call me and say, Greg, I'm coming to your office. All right, I want you to come over. Let's spend an hour talking about some of those verses, some of the, maybe the verses we didn't read. Man, that's awesome. I get fired up to get in Bible study and talk through those things and deal with tough questions. I would love it. Don't skip over these things at all. But hopefully this week and next week as we look at kind of smaller sections, in fact, next week it's going to be a really, really short number of verses, I want to tell you, it represents really what's going on. And because there are some awesome purposes to what God has for us. So I hope you'll just trust the, the Lord's leading here and how we're going to wrap up through the end of 1 Corinthians and that, that God will really show you some awesome things. Now, this morning we're going to look at the very tail end of chapter 15, verses 50 through 58. These verses are going to be, for the most part, very familiar to you. At least a lot of them. You've probably heard them before. And there's some wonderful encouragement and some great lessons for us today. It says this in 1 Corinthians 15, starting in verse 50. I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and when the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. What a wonderful passage of Scripture. Now, again, I'm going to guess that if any of those verses are familiar to you this morning, that it's probably going to be some of the first verses we read. In fact, you'll probably commonly hear that maybe at a funeral. Talking about the the perishable, the mortal, talking about this physical life, will one day put on the imperishable, the immortal. It's talking about that awesome, glorious last day. Say amen to that. I mean, goodness, friends, there's enough craziness going on in the world right now. You're kind of like, I'd be okay if Jesus came back today. I mean, it's all right. There's enough just weird stuff happening and just everywhere, and it just... You know, so we read of that thing, and Paul says it's a mystery. We're not meant to understand all of this. I mean, you can easily tell it's almost even hard to put into words this wonderful thing that will take place. This, and he's using all these kind of big words and all these things, but it's this this grand reminder that that day, that awesome day, 
is coming. The day when it's all set right, when Christ is on his throne, a reigning, the, 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 all that has been torn is resurrected. All that has died, has brought into victory. I mean, just, I mean, we can't even grasp mentally what that is going to be like. But just to think about it is a pretty awesome thing. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to that day. Now, again, you've probably heard some of those verses talking about the day of resurrection and how it will be changed at the last trumpet in, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. And those are great. Those, those verses serve a purpose. But I'm going to tell you right now, where people, most people miss out is that's not the main focus of the verses we just read. That's not the main point. That's really not even the big idea that God is using Paul to get across to, to us today. It's not, the focus is not on that last day. The focus and what you need to see, what I need to see, was in that last verse we read. In fact, Terry, I'm going to have you put up that ver- last verse, verse 58. We're going to keep it on the screen this morning because this is what it's all, it was all pointing to. All those wonderful, encouraging uh, verses about that last day and the imperishable and the immortal, all that's great, but it was pointing to this. Because that, th- those things were great knowledge, but it, it's saying, how does it affect you today? Allow me real quickly, let me just reread verse 58 for you because, friends, there's an awesome reminder here. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. I'm going to tell you all the stuff that had been talking about in the previous verses and even before what we read was pointing to this. He's saying, hey guys, keep going in the work. Keep moving. Keep pressing forward. Keep working hard. Now for some of you this morning, you may not want to admit it, but I have not done you a favor. Some of you may not feel better having heard this verse, that you may be sitting there feeling like I'm putting you on a guilt trip. Because what you're saying is, Greg, I have been working hard. I'm working hard every day. I'm trying my best. I'm going and I'm doing and I'm showing up to church. I'm preaching the choir right now, right? You're here. You're trying to do, you're you're helping and all this stuff. and, And you're still feeling the frustration of, I'm running, but I'm kind of running out of steam. And I don't know, I'm running everywhere, but I don't know where it's going to get me. And you hear me stand up and say, be steadfast, be immovable, always keep going in the work of the Lord, knowing your work is not in vain. You're like, thanks, Greg, just keep putting it on me. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to whip a horse that's, I mean, it has got nothing left. I don't know if you ever felt like that, but I have. And sometimes I'm trying to do what I think the Lord has called me to do, and I'm just worn out. And sometimes, you know, I, I would read something like this, and I'm like, oh, God, right now is not the time I needed a guilt trip. I, I'm trying, I'm working, but I'm struggling. Now, if that's you this morning, if you're coming here, and you're hearing this message, and you're reading this verse about be steadfast, be immovable, keep going, all these things, and you're like, it's not really helping you, because you think you're running everywhere, but not getting anywhere. 
Well, let me tell you, we, we have a misunderstanding this morning. Because if you don't understand the truth of what Scripture's trying to get across to us, what, how, what the Lord is trying to tell us in this passage, then yes, you're going to keep working and working hard and getting nowhere and getting frustrated. I'm going to show you what the problem is this morning. See, we focus, I'm going to say we because I know I do this, friends. Anything I say this morning, I know it because I'm, I'm the chief sinner, the guiltiest one of all of these things. I focus on these words of the, be steadfast, be immovable, abounding in the work. Now, I want you to just kind of notice I didn't read all the words. I tend to focus on the, the going and the doing and just stay at it and keep at it. But see what happens? If I leave out a few important words, I'm going to get myself in trouble. Let me see if I can explain myself uh, a little bit better. I don't know if you've heard of this legend that kind of comes out of the Old West about horses that used to be trained to pull the stagecoaches when they had, you know, valuable materials. You know, that used to have to get the money from one bank to the other. Horses would pull the stagecoaches and they could be trained to not stop. I mean, with, except for one, by one command. The point was, they don't want somebody robbing the stagecoach and all this stuff. They, that horse was to keep going and keep going and keep going. Now, some doubt whether or not that was actually true. It may just be kind of Hollywood uh, myth, because we certainly have seen those kind of things in the movies. But that's not the point. It's, it's interesting, though. We, would, we see something like that, and we say, well, there's a positive side we don't always think of the negative side. Let me explain what I mean. If you were to, able to do that, if you were to take a horse and say, I'm training you that you will not stop, no matter what the obstacles, we would call that horse what? Steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work. Because that horse is going to keep going and keep going and keep going, no matter what. So what's the problem? Well, the horse that won't stop doesn't care about the cliff. Doesn't care about the thing that's going to cause it harm because it said, I'm going to keep going no matter what. Even if I don't have a purpose, even if I don't, you know, have instruction of where, even if I don't have that driver making sure I'm where I'm supposed to be, I'm going to keep going. You see the problem. Now, I don't know how it happened, but somehow I got some of that, that kind of, that kind of horse blood in me of that horse that doesn't want to stop. I know this because there was that time my grandmother looked at me and says, you know, you really are a big horses. Uh, I'll save that story for another time. Sorry, uh, that's not for today. Uh, she did do that, by the way, um, <laughs> as a joke. But, you know, I, I'm sorry, but, you know, sometimes I have that stubbornness. Okay, Lord, I, you told me to do this. I'm going to do it. I got it. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep moving. I'm not going to stop I'm gonna, because I'm supposed to be steadfast, immovable, always abounding. And it doesn't matter if I'm headed to trouble. If it, doesn't, it doesn't matter if I'm going to burn myself up and, and, and bring physical hurt to me or to damage others along the way because I've got to keep moving. I can't stop. Now, let's look at these verses in the right way. I'm supposed to be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work. What's those, what, what are those next, uh, next three words there? 
of the Lord. Friends, that's the, that's the crux of the matter right there. You leave that out and you will get yourself in trouble. It means this. Yes, you are supposed to, as a follower of Christ, yes, we are to be ones that are working and staying busy and going after the things. And, and, and Our retirement plan, friends, is heaven, okay? We are to keep going and keep working, but it's supposed to be under the direction, under the headship, the authority of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because I know you struggle in the same way I do is, I'm going to do this. This is my plan. I know it's what God wants me to do, but I'm going to do it my way. And you know what God is loving enough to do? He will let you run and run and run with your own plans until you run out of steam. One of the best illustrations of this Old Testament, think of Moses. Moses came to a place in his life where he understood God's call to his life was to lead the Israelites in deliverance. So he had God's plan, but he decided to do it his way. You know, we focus on him coming and the plagues and the Israelites going out. You forget what happened before. Remember, he killed the Egyptian slave driver because he was going to deliver his people, but they didn't follow him. He took God's call, God's plan, and he worked it his own way. And what cost him is he had to keep running and running for his life until he found himself out in the desert and sat there for 40 years. That's what running without a purpose will get you. That's what doing God's things your way will cause you. You will run out of steam. You won't have enough left. It took all those years before Moses finally was at the place to say, all right, God, whatever your plan is, I'll do it your way. And when God said, hey, Moses, go to the Israelites and do these things and say these things, Moses said, this kind of doesn't make any sense, but okay. And he did. God let him through. It wasn't easy. There were missteps along the way, but he did God's plan, God's way, and he carried him through when he was twice the age and when he had been the first time he tried to do it. That's a big difference, friends. Working hard, being steadfast, being immovable is all great things if you're doing it in and of the Lord Jesus Christ. If it's under His direction, if under everything you're doing, your intent is to stay step and step with Christ. Not getting ahead of Him, not getting behind Him, but God, what are you calling me to do today? Think of it like it says in Hebrews. is that we are called to run with endurance the race set out before us, right? That is to mean we've got to run, we're going to keep going, we don't slow down, we don't give up, but we do so how? What does it say in Hebrews? With our eyes... Fixed on Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith. We take our eyes down. We start trying to do God's plans our ways and just try to stay busy because we think it'll make us look better. Friends, we're going to run out of steam. We're going to want to give up because there's only so far we can go. Now, real quickly, I'm, I'm trying to be very... Very simple and very plain here this morning. But really quickly, just think back to those verses that are before this one. The, the, 
the, that glorious, mysterious day. What does all that have to do with this? For me, that's, the, that's like the motivation. I'm keeping the eye on the prize. Because my, this body is going to wear out. I mean, it's going to fall apart. I'm, I turned 37 two days ago. That's by average statistics I've lived half of my life. If I keep eating the way I do, I probably won't make the other half of it. But at 37, I got more creaks and groans and pains and aches than I thought. I thought, I'm going to be in trouble in a few years. This body, it falls apart. And guess what? The longer we work for the Lord, the harder it can get physically, mentally, in all these ways. But we are called to keep doing it. But that means the more we do it, the farther we go, the more we rely on Christ. You know, and it's like the closer I get to that day, it's like, oh man, I'm getting excited. It's like this. When you've got a big vacation plan, don't you start going, you're counting down the days. You know, we, we are very blessed this year to have two big trips. We're never going to do that. We did, uh, Penny and I did our, her birthday and our anniversary trip, and then we had a family thing, and I mean, we were excited. We're like a year before that plan. When Penny had it on the calendar, a little countdown every day. And every day we're getting more, ooh, man, vacation's coming. You know, and we're buying the clothes and we're getting all this, and we're getting ready. You know, it just, it's not like, oh, hey, today's vacation day. Should we pack? Should we save any money? Oh, did you need a passport? You know, no, we were, get, we were making sure all the stuff, we're, our working towards that was with a purpose. We're getting excited about it. We're moving intentionally closer because, man, this is going to be awesome. And sometimes you've had some of that for you. You go on that, you know, you're going to have that break and that vacation. But guess what? That one ends, and you've got to go back to the real world, and you go, I better start counting down my next vacation. What this is talking about is the one that never ends. It's, it's better than anything you've ever experienced. It's the resurrection with Jesus Christ is living at the, at the throne, at the feet of Jesus. And it doesn't stop. And it only gets better. If that don't get you excited to get there, what's wrong with you? I mean, if you're going, I'm jumping, I can't wait to get there. I mean, I'll use every day God has got me on this place. But man, I'm, I'm ready. Let that trumpet sound. I want the resurrection. I want this body to stop aching and creaking and groaning. I want just, I want the imperishable. I want the immortal. Bring it on. And then the more I think about that, I'm like, ooh, man, I am getting ready. You know what? And it keeps me moving. It keeps me focused. It keeps me going because I know where I'm heading. I'm going there. And I'm gonna, I want to, as I go. I want to take everybody with me. Friend, that glorious, mysterious thing that we can't even describe, that we can't even get our mind wrapped around, is such an awesome thing. You should be jumping up and down with anticipation. Can't wait to get there. And I'm going to, every day, I'm going to come banging on the door of heaven. My, all my physical, mortal, perishable life, you'll be falling apart. I've worn out, and I, but I am here to receive what God has for me. It's kind of like this. I love to see a Christian with a worn-out Bible. I don't like to see that Bible that, you know, the spine creaks when you open it because it just came out of the box, and you had it for 10 years. 
You don't want the Christian, the pages are falling apart and it's all marked up. And all. That's an awesome sign. Your life should look like a worn out Bible by the time you get to God's presence. You try to do it on your own. If you try to step ahead of God, if you keep working without any thought of where am I going and why and how am I going to take others with me as I go, you're going to get worn out. And so much of what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians, so much of what we talked about is he's talking to a bunch of people who are worn out, who have stopped trying, who said, I gave my effort and I'm going to sit on the sidelines until God calls my name. And he says, get back up. Put your eyes on the prize and get to work. Stay step in step with Christ, but keep going. Don't let anything move you, but make sure you've got someone covering you so you don't walk into danger by doing it your own. Now, I know, friends, the hardest part is standing back up. Right? When you've sat down, when you've taken the break, when you've slacked off, when you've let up, the hard part is getting back to it. It is. I, I've been, been a preacher long enough that I've seen individuals time and time again say, well, you know, I just, I, I'm going to stop doing this. Whatever, you know, there are any number of things, whether just being at a service or helping with somebody over there, I just, I'm going to do, I'm gonna, I need to stop. Sometimes there's, there's valid reasons. God has called them to another place. You know, physically, maybe it can't be done anymore, and you know, God's going to use them another way. But sometimes it's, I'm worn out. I get the feeling. I know. And they say, well, don't worry. I'll, I'll start again. Oh, when something new. <laughs> you know the number of times I've seen somebody actually do that? Because when we sit down, when we stop working, the bones get stiff. We become an observer instead of a worker. And it's really hard to get back going. And I know that first step of getting back up and getting to doing the things Christ has called you to do is tough. But you know what? When it kind of hurts to get back up, when it's kind of hard to get back in the routine, when it's difficult to you know, keep working with the Lord, just think, one day, this is going to pale in comparison to what God has for me. Now, I don't often do this, but I'm going to close this message with a personal note of how this applies to me, this church, uh, and moving ahead. You know, I like to give a message that's, that, you know, can touch anybody's life, no matter whether you're a member here or a visitor or whatever. But I want to talk about this situation, our church right now, just very briefly. As I've gone through a lot of prayer time, of what the Lord has ahead. There's the temptation, friends, there's the temptation on my part to say, well, any, any issue, any problem, any, any gap in the fence of things that need to get done, I'll just, you know, I'll do it. If I just work hard, if I just keep going, I'll just put my head down and go, you know, hopefully... There have been days, this is, this is not a mark on any of you, this is me, friends. There have been days where I've run without a purpose. And I've just tried and tried and tried and didn't even think about where I'd be going. 
And I didn't get anywhere, and I was getting worn out. And friends, I've been reminded even more lately of, of how many places and areas of need there are in a church. That's not a bad thing, by the way, friends. That's not a bad thing at all. That's what a church is supposed to look like. A church is supposed to look like where there's plenty of things to be done and plenty of opportunities to minister and plenty of different ways to work. If that's not what a church looks like, I mean, we should be active, okay? So when I say there's plenty of things to do and ways to serve and get involved, I'm, that's, I'm not saying something negative. But friends, it, it takes all of us. It takes all of us doing our part. Like we've talked about through 1 Corinthians, we're the body of Christ. I may be standing up here and being a voice, but you may need to be a hand that reaches out. You may need to be another part. God has called a purpose for you. And we only move forward as we do so together. And we only stagnate or decline as we choose to allow it to happen together. I hope you don't take that word as a, as a negative thing. Not at all. I love you. Just yesterday, uh, my, my dear brother, who I love more, I can tell you, you know, John Tanner, he and I were talking, and, and, and we were just, you know, going over multiple things, and he said something, and he was afraid to say it, and I said, man, thank you. I need sometimes a word of encouragement or to, hey, think about this. That spurs me on to do the work God has called me. And I want to say the same to him. And I want your words to me are needed, mine are to you. But we need to do it together. Your part. You don't need to cover my part. You don't need to cover another person's part. You need to do your part. What God has called you to do. And when you get worn out, when it gets tough, when you step ahead of Christ... And, and you're kind of not sure if you can keep going. Well, guess what? There's going to be a lot of people around you who feel the same way. Let's just encourage one another. Pray for one another. Get our eyes back focused on Christ. Remember why we're doing the work and get back and go. And if our bodies fall apart, we're doing the work, well, all the better. That's all the more for Jesus to heal and perfect when we put on the imperishable. There's work to be done, friends. And we want to be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work, not our work, not Greg's work, the work of the Lord. Knowing what we do is not in vain. Let me pray for you this morning. Let's take a moment right now and go for the Lord. Before we have a time of response, before we have an opportunity for you to pray or do what God has called you to do, let me pray over you. As I pray, I would just ask that you begin to seek the Lord. What is He saying to you? As I say that, I want to just, if I have said something in an improper manner, remember, I am fallible. If I have said something that personally offended or hurt, please forgive me because my heart is not to do so. I know a guy calls me to stand up here and say things, and I certainly don't do a perfect job of doing so.
So I would pray that as you seek the Lord, you would look past the imperfection of who I am and how I say things and seek what the Lord might tell you in this and seek how He would have you respond. That's what needs to happen. I'm not here to convince you. I'm not here to guilt you. I'm here to hopefully point you that you are talking with the Lord and asking Him what you are to do. I'd ask that be your heart and your commitment as we pray together this morning. Father, I thank you for this time and this opportunity. God, I trust you to take what has been said, what has happened in this time, and use it for your glory. God, please forgive me if in any way, whether in this time this morning or in recent days or anywhere, God, where I have stepped out ahead of you and have tried to abound in the work, but doing it in my way, taking your plan and doing it my way. God, forgive me for that. And God, maybe I'm not the only one this morning who needs to pray such a prayer. God, I, just, I pray that you would help us focus our hearts on you. On you, God. God, help us get excited. Fill us with anticipation of that day that is coming. I mean, let it be on our hearts that we're jumping with joy, thinking about that day, that glorious day of your return. Oh, God, let us be filled with that. God, but in the same time, as you fill us with just the joy and excitement of what will come, help us realize that that, may, that moment is not at least not right now. It's not yet. It's coming. I don't know when it's coming. I don't need to know when it's coming. So God, put our eyes on what's coming up, but help keep us working in the day we have before us. God, I pray for each person here that they know with conviction what you have called them to do, each individually, how they are to be the body of Christ. God, help us learn to forgive each other when one foot steps on the other, when one part of the body tries to do what was meant for the other. God, when we try to work for you, but we do in our own strength and we do damage along the way, God, help us receive your forgiveness for that and help us forgive one another for those things. God, help us put on our hearts that we are a bunch of sinful, imperfect people living in the perishable, living in the mortal, but we're working together for the purposes of Christ. Help us see each other in that light. Not as ones who are perfect, God, but as ones who are fallible and need help and need encouragement and need forgiveness. Help us see each other that way. Help us put aside any ugly things we carry to someone else. Because realizing that person is dealing with some of the same things we are. So God, I pray this morning as we're praying, do you help put, a, put people in our hearts that we may need just to pray for? That's amazing what happens with our heart. We pray for somebody that we've had difficulty with. Right now, God, I, I pray you put people in that attitude right now coming before you. 
Helping him see things from the other person's perspective and point of view. God, thank you that you can be the healer and restorer through all these things. God, help us, commit a, help us be committed to the work, to be steadfast, immovable, to the work of the Lord, your work, your plan, and your timing. God, help us do that. Because you will give energy for the day. You will, give, you will give strength. You will renew. Your words says even, even the youth, even the, even the young person grows tired and weary. But you will renew our strength, God. As we rely on you. As we focus on you, God. As we try to do things not for ourselves, but for the glory of your, of your great name. Help us do so today. God, this is... This is your time. Even before this moment, this, this has been your time. This is our time to come and just worship you and your name be glorified among all else. God, in this moment, in this opportunity, help us focus on you, to seek you, to respond to what you have. God, don't, don't have us run from this place still trying to do things our own way. Call us to commit in accordance with your will. God, we thank you, we praise you. And ask all this by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Now, before we start singing in just a moment, as we always do, we have a time of response. Now, I love the way our church responds sometimes. You know, I know sometimes people are afraid of walking the aisle. What are people going to think? I love it that sometimes there's a a prayer group over there with a youth. There's a prayer group over there. Somebody, you know, is talking to their neighbor and praying over them and encouraging them. I love that. This is not... Greg's design time. This is do what the Lord has you called you to do. If it's come forward to speak with me, another leader, about a decision to share something, this would be a great time to do so. If it's you need to gather with somebody and pray with them, whether it's for just a second or spend a long time prayer, do so. You can gather any place. You can just come and pray. You can stand and sing. You can, oh, what God would call you to do. What do I always like to say? Don't just... Sit there. Don't just stand there and miss the opportunity. What has God called you to do? Because it may not just be standing and singing and just wait for the minutes to pass. I think God has something for you to do right now. Would you do it? If you need to respond, if you need to come forward in any way, now's the time. While we sing, while we pray. Don't run off because I know there's uh, some awesome things for us this morning. Let's stand right now.